Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, December 11th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Monday card. And uh, we were moments, just like literally five minutes ago, expected to still have our guest Carter Hutton on the show with us. But I got a phone call literally two minutes before I sent Alex the link and we're ready to do the show. And he's got an emergency. Go to the school, pick up his kid who's sick, apparently throwing up uh, at school. So uh, not uh, not good. Uh, And mom is uh, working today, so he's the only... uh, person at the moment that can handle it so and he felt awful but uh, i said don't worry about it we'll have a like I, I said to him we're only here seven days a week for the next five or six months i'm sure we can squeeze you in <laughs> yeah. our very very busy schedule i'm sure i'm sure that won't be an issue so uh yeah i mean we were all excited he was really excited he's he felt he felt i could hear the pain in his voice saying i hate to do this at the last minute but it is what it is it's all good life intercedes sometimes and i know at this point of the year what sicknesses are going around right now yeah. it's everywhere everyone's been hit with a uh, flu or uh, a cold or something you know at this uh, part of the year uh, even i was i'm still you know my throat is still working its way back from it i still have the odd coughing fit every now and then so yeah. no worries we'll get carter back uh, later uh, in the season uh, at any point when it fits the schedule certainly he said in the new year he said he's going to be a lot more uh, free time so all good uh, the show goes on, and we roll along here for this Monday uh, on the uh, Ice Guys show. We'll look back first on uh, Sunday uh, in the uh, NHL. Uh, we had, obviously, a busier Sunday than normal. Uh, eight games yesterday uh, in the NHL. Uh, it started with Florida beating Columbus 5-2 uh, in that game, a 5-2 victory for the uh, Panthers. Another one of these games for Columbus, where that's two in a row with Columbus where I've had the over. And it's been like a miracle that the bet ended up cashing in and winning. The, the St. Louis-Columbus game on Friday, uh, and of course uh, the uh, game last uh, yesterday with Florida. Over the total with some uh, me- uh, uh, frantic uh, finish and a lot of goals late. Uh, very, very intense game, very, very physical game, and uh, a shit ton of things to unfolded during that game, including the incident that everyone really has been talking about the last 24 hours involving Nick Cousins for the Florida Panthers and Eric Goodbranson for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Look, it's a dangerous hit. It's a reckless hit. There's no question planting uh, Goodbranson from behind into the boards like that. Uh, you just got to be more aware of what's the, the surroundings there. If you're Nick Cousins, uh, you can't just drill him full force into the boards like that. Uh, and it's funny because Goodbranson took the brunt of that hit, looked like he was down and in significant pain, and then he does the old undertaker and pops right up and then just goes after Nick Cousins knowing that that's the guy that hit him. Um, and then Nick Cousins, while Branson went after him, drops to the ice and turtles and covers himself up. You know, it reminded me of Claude Lemieux back in the day when McCarty was absolutely pummeling him with the Red Wings-Avs rivalry in the 90s. And um, that was, uh, that's unsettling to me to see that, quite honestly. Look, I whether you want to fight the guy or not, whether he's in your weight class or not, you just drilled that guy into the boards and, and it was a vicious reckless and it possibly could have been a hit that put Branson out for a period of time thankfully that wasn't the case he's got every right to be pissed he's got every right to be angry you know at that point in time and to see cousins not even attempt to defend himself like it's almost like you played that hit on him you know take your punishment take your medicine you know and face the man you know and at, and at least stand up for yourself a little bit and he didn't do that and I think Goodbranson was livid that Cousins turtled like that because Cousins is a physical player, and yet he's not even going to, you know, attempt to like uh, do battle there with Goodbranson. And Goodbranson was livid at the hit from the beginning. So then he gets out of the box, and you could see he was like a predator on the ice. Goodbranson, he was looking for, he was seeking out Nick Cousins after he served that initial penalty, and sure enough, he went after him again, and that's when he just started feeding him rights uh, on the ice and and turtled again for a second straight time. Uh, Nick Cousins. That I don't like. Look, did did Gabranson the second time around go over the top with pummeling him like that? Yeah, it was vicious. It was vicious. In the public view, that's assault. I get it. But at the same point in time, that was a dirty hit. That's a vicious hit. It's a reckless hit. It could have put him out for a long-term injury. 
and then to see Nick Cousins just turtle and not even defend himself and cower like that, not once but twice, I thought that was a bad display by Nick Cousins. Bad display. Now, did Gabranson lose his shit maybe a little too much the second time around? He was just punch, pump, pump, treating him like a punching bag, maybe a little bit. But Nick Cousins, that's that's un- defend yourself, man. You have the guts to take that kind of um, punishment, to take to lay that kind of hit on somebody, and and that guy's pissed and rightfully so. Good Branson, take your medicine, stand up to the guy, That's and right. at least do the best you can to fight or yeah. defend yourself against him. Don't do that turtling shit. I don't respect that. I'm sorry, I don't. And that's very disheartening to see Nick Cousins resort to those tactics, turtling, cowering, you know, with uh, Good Branson, knowing that he damn well did something that was reckless and he shouldn't have made that hit uh, right into the boards like that. I don't blame Good Branson for being pissed, and then to be probably more pissed that the guy won't answer the bell for what he just did and cower and turtle like that, you know, like a little bitch. That's what he was, unfortunately, uh, yes. Nick Cousins in that moment. So yes. didn't like that at all. Didn't like the whole thing, but especially on the Cousins end of it. Stand up for yourself. You have the cojones to drill someone between the numbers into the boards, which could have ended his season, and you don't have the guts to stand up to him like a man and defend yourself and take your medicine for a hit that you shouldn't have laid in the first place. I don't respect that at all. Very disappointing actions for me alex for nick cousins and i know people said oh that's assault that's assault good branson should get the book thrown at him and good branson's going to get suspended for what he did there's no question like you see having a hearing today uh, with the department of player safety there's no question but you know you don't throw a hit on that and expect retribution you're going to expect someone to be angry and want to take your head off when you lay a hit like that and for cousins to not even attempt to defend himself very disappointing uh, alex yeah. what did you think of that whole scene now, I, I didn't even talk about it on Twitter, but I was I was I was just enraged with it because you know we've been seeing this kind of behavior grow and intensify for years and years now, and it's funny as today being the thirty uh, the thirty second anniversary of Gary Bettman installed as the NHL commissioner. He's he's allowed this to happen for years and years, and so now you have these players who are bitch made like Nick Cousins who make you know. Take, like I said, you're taking your liberties and, 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 and making a big hit to try to help your team, right? It, it, dirty it might be, okay, but we know the intent behind it, right? You're not trying to just go out and hurt this guy. This wasn't the David Perron incident. This is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a play and an impact for my team. Okay, but now you hurt somebody. You have to answer the bell. And like you said, so for, for you to go around and do that and, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the way that he, that he just completely cowered and tur- said, wasn't that he was, oh, he got hurt. He got into a, to a fight. You, one thing to turtle if you got hurt in a fight and you can't go anymore, all right? You turtle in, you, you're giving up, that's your submission. But you just turtle and don't even uh, you know, throw a punch, don't even engage in an actual combat, just just dug down like a little bitch. Yeah, and 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 I don't, I don't blame Gabrasson at all for, for throwing the punches as he's turtling. Yeah, yeah, whoop his ass. I, I'm all for that. That's assault off the ice. But in this sport, as long as we still have these rules and parameters that allow fighting, that's not an assault. Now, he took it a bit too far because it's one-sided. Yes, give him the punishment, give him a fine, give him suspension. That's fine. But in, in my eyes, Nick Cousins should be suspended the game too because you delivered that hit, and instead of answering the bell, now you made it seem like it was a malicious uh, attack because if that was just a clean hit and then you go on and, and you defend yourself, okay, fine, you lose in the fight or whatever, and you serve your five minutes, and now we're done. But now this becomes you know long on longer and longer because Gabranz is going to get suspended, and you think, okay, these teams play again in the rest of the season. You think Cousins you got the answer for it sometime. If you, you don't answer for it now, this thing doesn't just go away. You know, and throwing money at the problem, throwing some guys sitting out games is not going to solve the problem. So all these people who are all up in arms about what Gabranson did, you know, still pulling him after he turtled, no, he, I, I have no problem with that at all. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Also, it should be reprimanded. We shouldn't have that. There should be engaged one-on-one fights. There shouldn't be guys getting, getting you know, the shit kicked out of them while they're on the ice. But at the same time, because of that circumstance, I don't think the suspension should be any longer than a, a couple of games. You should get the maximum fine. But I also think Cousins should be suspended too for what he did. I think, I, you know, obviously Goodbranson, look, he was at livid. He was just furious. Furious that someone delivered a hit of very questionable nature like that to him and then turtled right after. And then he and he went after him and he said, I'm, I'm not taking this. And this guy has the gall to turtle and not even try to defend himself when I uh, oh. confront him for what he just did. Uh, no wonder he was pissed and he's going to get a suspension. He, and look, but he, it was it was a vicious beating that he was laying on cousins there. I get it. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it was a couple I mean, of shots. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we've seen worse. We've seen way worse I've in seen, in in, yeah. in in one sided instance. Not even. I'm not. I'm not even yeah. saying fair fights. We've seen Tom Wilson <laughs> nearly yeah. breaking uh uh you know Panarin's neck a couple of years ago. Yeah. Hundred times worse than that. So I wouldn't say it was even a pummeling. He just he was throwing punches and it wasn't being returned. That's all. Yeah. And then I heard this person, people say on Twitter, well, maybe Nick Cousins, you know, just realized what a big. And he is a he, big in stature, good Branson. I get it. Didn't want any part of it. Didn't want to fight. And then people saying maybe he's not much of a fighter. That's a bunch of nonsense. All you have to do is go on uh, YouTube and search Nick Cousins fight, and you'll see a, he's fought several times before. So that's just a bunch of garbage that he's not, he's not, he's not a fighter. That's the mentality you're using to defend, you know, Nick Cousins for turtling not once but twice there in that situation. That's the biggest garbage and crock of shit I've heard in a very long time that he's not a fighter. He can defend. I've seen him. He can defend himself when he wants to. He just chose not to uh, this time around. At a time when he's got to realize that I don't care what your reasons are for turtling, whether you're worried that Branson is going to beat your ass up in a fight, which is probably the, true because of the size advantage and everything. Yeah. But you've got to eat what you did. You got to eat it. You got to you got to you got to live with it and you got to pay the comeuppance for it. And if that means fighting the guy or someone for that, you got to do it and, and take the medicine. And he didn't do it. He just dropped down and turtled twice, twice, not once, twice. twice. That to me is right. just can't happen. Unacceptable yeah. behavior yes. by him. You could say unacceptable behavior, but the uh, actions of good the second time, that's not as bad as what Cousins did, uh, in my opinion. That's the way his, I see it. His, so, his teammates, his teammates should let him know that. Yeah. You know, because because you put your teammates in a bad spot. Now, let's go back to 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 uh, Detroit, Ottawa. Artem Zoo takes a, a a cross check to the side of the head for no reason. He was not even involved in the hit that that laid out uh uh you know uh Larkin. So when you have situations like this, and then that you know uh, animosity boils over, then all of a sudden somebody else who's not even involved they get hurt. And now you've got other people, so it scatters around your team. So you put your teammates in a bad situation when you do things like that. Selfish behavior. If I was a hockey player, and let's say because I have, I don't have a lick of toughness. I'd never, I'd never put myself in a position to just drill someone from behind like that because I know people are going to go for my head, and I know I can't fight worth a shit. So I wouldn't even make the hit to begin with. But when Nick Cousins commits to making that hit on Gabrants, and he's got to realize shit might hit the fan, and he's going to be pissed off about it. Um, so you know that's just. I did not expect Nick Cousins to do that because I didn't think he was that kind of player. And that's what disappointed yeah. me. I didn't think it he was that kind of player at all because I've seen him fight before multiple times. He had, I did okay in, in a lot of those fights. I never in a million years thought we would see that uh, out of Nick Cousins and disappointing in my opinion that uh, that definitely overshadowed the game. Uh, Florida getting the win there, 5-2. New Jer- uh, Edmonton. Keeps rolling four to one. You know Edmonton's playing great hockey when uh, Calvin Pickard starts for them and and holds New Jersey to one goal. Wow, uh, unbelievable! The roll continues for the Oilers. A nice four one win against the Devils. Uh, right as rain from our guy Alex B. Smith, knowing those Blackhawks and knowing their struggles on home ice and Sunday night home games at the United Center. And here we go again. Four two, they lose to the. Uh, Washington Capitals uh, last night. Nashville with a 2-1 win against Montreal. A sweep there for me with the uh, Nashville minus one and Nashville in regulation. I thought good spot for them after getting shut out by Toronto uh, on Saturday. Uh, And then uh, the Rangers winning and Jonathan Quick's uh, opportunity to play his old team. Uh, We were all over that. It was a dual best bet. Uh, Alex used it as best bet yesterday, and so did I. Uh, The New York Rangers uh, minus 115 money line against the Kings. Uh, Rangers get the job done four to one uh, last night. Great performance by Jonathan Quick. And the only goal that went in, he had no chance. It was a beautiful passing play uh, by the LA Kings. He was very sure. You could tell he wanted that. You see the big ass smile on his face after that game ended last night. You could tell that that meant something to him beating the Kings. He was hurt. He was emotionally hurt. You know, that's like hurting your feet, uh, your best friend's feelings what the LA Kings did with Jonathan Quick. Because Jonathan Quick didn't think he was getting dealt. He honestly believed, whether right or wrong, he honestly believed he was finishing his career with the Los Angeles Kings. And he was not expecting to be traded like that. It hurts him, I believe, deep down inside still. You know, obviously time heals all wounds. And this is not going to be something he carries around with him for the rest of his life. But And, and down the road, Alex, when they'd have the, the, the 10-year, 20-year cup reunion, shit that teams do you know in two, yeah. 2020 2033 you're going to see probably a 20 year or 2038 a 25 year cup reunion 
for the LA Kings teams, it's going to be water under the bridge. He's not going to be pissed right. off anymore at yeah. the Kings. It's going to be the good times and all the great years and the prime of his career and winning the Stanley Cups. But just right now in the immediate, in the short term, he was hurt by the Kings trading him. And you could tell he played with that hurt and that anger and that fury last night against the uh, uh, LA Kings in his first start against them. So uh, great. And, and plus the Rangers too were a lot better. I, the Washington game was a bad game. I kind of felt they left their heads and their hearts in uh, MSG, which is what I told John Massey and you, Alex, in our DM the other night. And uh, they did. And the heads and the hearts were back in full force last night for the uh, New York Rangers and they got it done. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Hannibal always said in the A-team, I love it when a plan comes together. We had this thing mapped out for like a couple of days with uh, Kings and Rangers, you know, Loved how this Kings have been playing on the road. We were, you know, lucky. I'm certainly lucky to grab the draw and the correct score when they came back and uh, tied and eventually beat uh, Columbus. But knowing that momentum, we saw, okay, the writing's got to be on the wall. This thing can't last forever. And then the teams that they matched up against in the weekend, first with the Islanders, they lose an overtime 3-2 and thinking, okay, maybe that kind of takes us off of the spot. If anything, it made things a little bit better. Now you got another game that went past regulation. You end up losing, so now the streak is halfway over. At least, you know, you didn't get a regulation loss. But that softened them up perfectly for the spot to have, you know, the Rangers coming home, having quick getting the start, and, and, and they just dominated. Just a, another great performance. And, you know, as good as the Kings look, and, and, and they're still a quality team, I think the Rangers show they're that much better. And if you look at uh, patreon.com slash ice guys, look at my power rankings. The Rangers have taken over that top spot in my, in my eyes. They're the number one team in the NHL, and that was a, a very solid victory. And Jonathan Quick, you know, we, he goes from, you know, being kind of casted out and left behind in L.A. and then bouncing around. And now, you know, the Rangers, uh, you know, post-game show, they were talking about this, but do we have a goalie controversy on our hands? I don't think it's a controversy. I think Jonathan Quick is your number one guy as of right now. I think you ride him while he's hot. You know Shesterkin's going to still be there and solid and formidable. But have him be the one one B for a bit and, and ride quick with this hotness. We don't know. If we're, we're probably not going to get 35 wins from quick. We're not going to get 2012, 2014 quick this year. But what we're getting right now is fantastic, and the Rangers need to just ride with that. Uh, so don't make it a controversy. Just make quick your guy for the moment. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's if it's not a full blown controversy yet, it's getting closer. Because you're right, Justerkin's been eh. He's been he's been uh, okay, not great you know, for the large part of the season so far. But uh, we know he'll find it, uh, you know, but uh, later in the season, he'll, he'll get his game back to where we know it can be. Right now, Jonathan Quick is playing extremely well. I think he's actually rejuvenated by being with the Rangers because he knows the one thing about signing with the Rangers in, in the offseason is this is a team that has expectations. And I think that's what he's looking for, you know, a team that's, you know, they've got the expectations. And I think he realizes, wait a minute, I've still got something in the tank. I still love playing. It's the same thing we're seeing from Patrick Kane in Detroit. Why is he still playing? He has nothing to prove either. He's won a bunch of cups. He's been one of the best players in the NHL at his position for the last 15 years, just like Jonathan Quick has been that uh, for the last 15 years at his position as a goaltender. He's got nothing to prove. He's got jack shit left to prove. He's won cups. He's been Vesna Trophy winner at Quick. Kane's been the best player in the NHL or won awards, won Stanley Cups, the whole bit. They got nothing left to prove. Why are they still playing? Because they fucking love to play the sport and play in the NHL, the best league in the sport. That's as simple as that. Uh, and it's what fuels them. It's what galvanizes them. It's what motivates them on a daily basis, both Quick and Patrick Kane. And you're seeing them both, you know, still thriving, you know. And those were two players. Think about it, Alex, from 2010. 2020 that decade of nhl hockey those two players dominated and they had their fingerprints all over nhl excellence from 2010 to 2020 patrick kane and jonathan quick and here they are still going uh right now in 2023 with new teams yeah. now uh, both parallels too. chicago you know for patrick kane pretty yeah. much his old career then briefly with the rangers now with detroit and here's quick his old career in la now with uh briefly with ever so briefly with columbus um, <laughs> Ever so, ever so briefly with, <laughs> with Columbus, <laughs> Vegas, which he didn't play much there. And now, of course, with the uh, New York Rangers. So, yeah, um, yeah, great parallels there with uh, those two guys, no doubt. And the other games, like, I don't know how the hell Anaheim just, that's that's tough. I mean, they were up 2 nothing early in the third last night. And Winnipeg with four unanswered goals, including an empty net goal to sink the plus one and a half that I had as well. 
uh, on the uh, Ducks. That's a horrendous loss for the Ducks. Uh, struggles continue, but credit to the Jets. Not their best game, but found a way still. All it took was one really good third period, and they come back. They beat the Anaheim Ducks 4-2 last night. Uh, Seattle, man, uh, that's it for me. I gave them a couple of chances this weekend at home in good spots against uh, teams I thought they could beat, and they still couldn't. Um, I thought they took a step back last night. I thought the Tampa game, they played well. The New Jersey game played well. I'm not so sure they played as well last night. Uh, and, of course, they got shut out 3 nothing uh, by the uh, Minnesota Wild. Minnesota did have the better of the play in the last two periods. It's a bad way right now for Seattle. They're not scoring now. Uh, they're not keeping the puck out of the net. Grubauer's hurt. A couple other injuries, too. Uh, tough spot for Joey Decord to be in. And they lose again to Minnesota 3-0 last night. And then we the wild game of the night. What a week for Randy Hahn, man, and the San Jose Sharks. I mean, Randy Hahn has had like multiple outstanding calls of some of these heroics and comebacks this week by the uh, San Jose Sharks. And he had another one last night when they came back to tie uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, wow. I mean, what can I say? I mean, I took a shot with San Jose in the draw once again last night, and I thought it was looking I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to do this again when it got to 4-2 for Vegas. I'm like, this is Vegas now. This is not Detroit, although they're they're solid team. And this is certainly not the Islanders. This is Vegas. You know, you're not going to be able to pull this comeback shit this time. Well, they nearly did. You know, they made it 4-3, and then they tie it in the final minute, 4-4, and it goes to a shootout where uh, the Vegas Golden Knights end up getting the win. So they can't complete the comeback and get the win, but for my purposes, they come back to at least force overtime and cash one of the massive draw prices I've had all year, San Jose Vegas plus 440 uh, with that draw uh, last night in that game. So absolutely over the moon to cash that bet. Um, and again, we'll say this again, Alex, you and I, a draw bet a day keeps the bookies away, especially when you can cash a draw bet at plus 440, like in that San Jose Vegas game. So what can you say? The cardiac sharks right now, that another valiant effort, even though they fell short in the shootout. Uh, eventually. What do you think about that, Alex? As I say it all the time, sometimes a, a blind squirrel finds a nut and a broken clock is right twice a day. And that's just kind of where the Sharks are right now. The the, the streak of losses was just so bad and, and just epically horrendous. You know, when you have a team that went back-to-back games giving up 10 goals, the tide had to turn in some way. And here's the turning of the tide. Now, does this mean all of a sudden this team goes on a run and becomes a wild card contender? Absolutely not. This team is still going to be uh, toward the bottom of the league still you know trying to celebrate if you will with uh getting the first overall pick in the draft but they're having a good run right now we're able to identify and, and cash these great prices with the draws with money lines uh take them when we can get them they're, they're going to be few and far between the thing is we can't start falling in love with these big prices the same way we start liking a streak of favorites or any kind of streak we have to still just identify it game by game take it for what it is and, and realize that with the fact that the Sharks are still a bad hockey team, when this does end, it could end in a colossal way where we might go right back to fading them in any way possible like we did just three or four weeks ago. Yeah, there's absolutely some truth to that. Uh, no question about it, because uh, this is just a little lightning in a bottle sequence of games right now for San Jose. And I'm fascinated now that this has all been, a, excuse me, this has all been on the road, you know, for San Jose with these incredible comebacks on the road, getting winning games, forcing overtime, uh, and finding a way to come back in these games. Let's see how they fare now when they get back home. Now, starting tomorrow night when they play Winnipeg, um, you know, let's see now if that magic and that aura is still with them or it's gone now that they're back home, you know, following that long road trip. So very, very interesting to watch that tomorrow night when they play the uh, Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, that game tomorrow night is part of the Tuesday night card, which is our live BetCast, our final live BetCast for the year 2023, uh, Tuesday, December 12th, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're looking forward to it. It's a really good NHL slate uh, tomorrow, our final uh, BetCast for the year and our only BetCast here in the month of December. Uh, but we got Carolina, Ottawa, Toronto Rangers, um, Tampa Bay, Vancouver, Calgary, Vegas, Florida is in action against Seattle, Chicago, Edmonton. That's a tough one for Chicago with the way Edmonton's playing, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes nevertheless. So tomorrow night, Tuesday, December 12th, as always, you can DM or email uh, me or Alex for the uh, 
a spot on the BetCast, and we will send you the link uh, for the BetCast before it begins tomorrow night. Definitely looking forward to that, no question. All right, let's get into it. We've got our t- Monday night NHL card, and we'll begin with the Leafs and the Islanders. Uh, it is Toronto minus 125, road favorites, six the total here, shaded to the under uh, in this game. The uh, Leafs, I'll be, I'll say it right now, this was the best, most complete game I've seen the Leafs play. Saturday night against Nashville. If anyone saw that game, I they were just dominant. I think the shots were like 38 to 20 for Toronto. It was as good as they played at both ends of the ice. Outstanding. Samsonov looked very good returning from his long illness absence, pitched a shutout. I thought they played as well defensively as I've seen a Leaf. The Leafs have not been great defensively this year. That's been their issue, but that was as good a team defensive effort as I've seen uh, in a very long time in that victory. Uh, now they go on the road looking to build on that against the Islanders. And keep in mind, dad's trip for the Toronto Maple Leafs here uh, in Long Island tonight and then against the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. So it's the two-game New York dad's road trip here for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And I should point out too, Alex, that for that Nashville game Saturday night, the dads were there too for that home game against Nashville did that spark the best effort of the year? You can't disappoint. Ty Domi's in the fucking press box. Longtime NHLer. You're going to lay an egg with that guy there in the press box? No, you can't do it. You got to show up. You got to play well. You got to play hard. Uh, no question about that. So this is dad's trip time for the Leafs here. Uh, I do like Toronto a little bit here in this game, quite honestly. I think the Islanders, it's a dubious spot. They're off the big comeback against L.A., ending the L.A. Kings uh, 11-game road win streak to begin the year. And I don't trust this team after a win. You know, they haven't been good stringing good performances together consistently. Dad's on the trip with the Leafs here for this game. So I do like Toronto a little bit, minus 125. That, it's the Ilya Bowl, college football season, bowl season. It's the Ilya Bowl. You could say Ilya Samsonov, Ilya Sorokin, uh, the two goaltenders here for the uh, Leafs and the Islanders in this game. Leafs for me, but even more than that, you know what I like even more than the Leafs. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. Leafs draw magnets for the last like two or three weeks. The New York Islanders draw magnets for the last, uh, well, for, for a very long time. You could say probably as well, at least the last couple of weeks. So you've got the Leafs who have played all these draws. Now, Again, Nashville, they had a convincing win. No draw that night. But the Islanders have a way of just, it's going to be a close game. Good chance it's a one-goal game. That's just the way the Islanders are playing right now. And really, the Leafs were playing that way every game pretty much before the last couple of games. So uh, the draw, to me, is a clear choice. No question about that here in this game. And again, make sure you shop around to get the best price you possibly can uh, with the uh, draw. There's always these discrepancies when it comes to the prices with draw bets, but I always say FanDuel's always got among the best, and it's plus 350 uh, at FanDuel for the uh, draw here with the uh, Leafs and the Islanders. So it's a Leafs draw split for me here uh, in this game. Alex, Leafs-Islanders. I haven't given the disclaimer this year. I usually give it often, especially during the second half of the season in the playoffs. This is one, like you said, shop around and get the best price possible for the regulation draw. Do not bet yes or no overtimes. And the reason why I'm saying this is because you're seeing some plus 300s, plus 290s even with the regulation draw. And that is still a better price than what you're going to find if you bet yes or no for a game going to overtime. Because those prices I've seen are like 250, 260. So you know we're in, in the 300 range. You want to try to at least always get plus 300 on a regulation draw no matter what. If there's circumstances like the playoffs where we get those 280s, 290s, then we can kind of adjust accordingly. But you should always be getting plus 300 or better. And you should always be betting the regulation draw or the tie in the 60-minute. However, it's it's in your 60-minute window. So look for that instead of your yes-no props. I just have to give that disclaimer out because people – have messaged me saying they bet the, the, the game to go to overtime and then they shortchange themselves 40 cents, 50 cents. It's happened for years and years. So just want to give that disclaimer out and saying that I am on the draw here with the Leafs. And this will probably be the last game that I'm on the draw unless this one hits. Looking just at their schedule ahead, they got the Rangers on the road and then they have Blue Jackets, Penguins, and Rangers again at home. So the streak that we've seen, it might be coming to an end, but I'm taking one more shot with it here. I got plus 350 at FanDuel, regulation draw here with uh, Leafs and Isles. All right. So we both like the draw. I also like the Leafs a little bit here. Minus 125. Again, 
hopefully they build on it because, you know, if that's the Leafs team we get tonight that we saw Saturday against Nashville, they'll win this game. That was a, that was a perfect performance by the Leafs the other night. And everybody was great. The top players were great. The defensive buy-in was great. Samsonov was very good in his return in between the pipes. Complete team game, as good as I've seen all year from the Leafs. If they bring that tonight, they win. But that's always been the issue at times is that consistency. We'll see, though. But I definitely can't avoid betting the draw. Not with these two teams. Not with their propensity to play to overtime or shootouts lately. The Leafs have still gone to overtime or a shootout in uh, five of their last uh, eight games. And for the Islanders, it's been five times in the last ten. Two of the last three have gone past regulation. So, like I said, it's just been... A great chance maybe for overtime or a shootout. So this is definitely a clear draw choice for both of us here. Plus 350. Uh, good point in the chat. John Tavares, two points shy of a thousand points in his career. I think the not just one point, I think over one and a half points is a good bet. I think he wants to get it here. He knows he's going to get booed there again. This is one of the biggest jokes in sports that that guy still gets booed after all these years there, like in Long Island. It's ridiculous. I think at this point, it's like time to move on with life been like seven or eight years now for for the guy that's going to his hometown team that he cheered for i get being pissed initially and booing the first few times this is eight years now like isn't it time to like not stop being bitter it's the holiday season here holiday spirit it's time to get over it a little bit but apparently not because he did a lot of stuff in the community there when he was with the islanders that's the thing and he represented that team great they were good teams there when he played there he had some big goals in the playoffs there i just think now it's come on it's eight years guys Let's move on a little bit here. Uh, you know, heckling them all the time. Every time they go back there, it's a little, little, a little much for me. And, and look, there are some instances when, if, if Tavares leaves there and he says, uh, "I just don't like being here anymore," and he said something publicly to admonish the team and the fan base, and I say, "Go for it, boo the fuck out of him," because for anything for bad mouthing and besmirching the organization. But he never did that. He was always classy going out there uh, uh, even after leaving the Islanders he's been booed every time they ask him about it after the game every time he's gone there and he's been booed and he never says a bad word about anybody or the team and they still keep doing it I mean it's not like he went it bad mouth the team and said this place sucks I want to go back home he didn't say anything like that He, he exited with class he exited with grace and to me I get it booing him the first couple times that first season first two seasons this is eight years guys eight years you know things have progressed a little bit here let's 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 go on with light for christ's sake holy goodness um you disagree though it sounds i disagree with that yeah i I completely disagree with that i I think you know he was like you said the lifeblood of that organization like you said he was a a person in the community he was a guy he was that franchise and then just completely abandoned them when they were in complete disarray they didn't know where they were going to be playing they were talking about shutting down the coliseum they were playing in uh the barclays center they were wearing black uniforms all kind of crazy shit was going on and then he just vanished so i get that they felt you know alienated and then he leaves for toronto they don't see the fact that he's going to his hometown they see him going to the the big bad you know maple leafs you know so so i understand that no i i if, if i'm an isles fan i probably boo him for the rest of my life too i get it there we go. So uh, bitter for bitter forever. Says so, uh, good to be bitter forever for uh, Alex with the. Uh, I hold a grudge game. though. I'm yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can hold a grudge for a minute. So you know, I I still boo Chris Chelios to this day. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of beefs and gripes that I have as a fan. So I understand both sides of the coin. And like I said, you don't boo everybody just because they leave town. You know, a perfect example would be Patrick Kane coming back to Detroit. No one in the world should be booing him, even though the yeah. circumstances are awful. So, you know, but like I said, it, it, it's circumstantial. I, I get I get why uh, they'll boo him. And the thing is, Isles fans, if he gets the record at night, they might flip around and cheer him for, for getting the record. But they're still going to boo him every time he touches the puck. That's the difference. Oh, guaranteed. Oh, it will happen. Oh, it will. You know what? I actually got the timeline wrong. It's only been five years he's been gone. Five years it's been with Toronto, not eight. I thought it felt, felt, feels like it's been longer. It does seem five like it's been around longer, yeah. yeah, 2018. So yeah, five year, five going on six years. That's still a long time. But no, they're they're clearly and they've made it known every time the Leafs have played there since Tavares has been a Leaf that they will let their feelings known uh, on uh, John Tavares perfect, for sure. Perfect example yeah, of check. But if anything, that's going to get him to want to get the thousand points tonight, yeah. uh, John Tavares. So I think it's worth a shot that over one and a half points there uh, with him tonight uh, in this game against the Islanders, who again aren't the same defensive team. I'll tell you what, if this were to slip to five and a half, this total and showing signs of that, I'd lean over 
uh, but I'll wait to see if there's maybe a five and a half uh, showing up. We know the Islanders haven't been that under machine, not even close to what they've been uh, in uh, recent years. And I want I just want to make one more point about this too. Bankroll Spence had the comment in chat about, you know, booming's a part of sports. What do we talk about all the time with the Maple Leafs, right? The wine and cheese crowd, how damn quiet they are. Yeah. Yep. Show some life. We can never, ever say that the Islanders don't show any life in that crowd, okay? The team might not show any life offensively on the ice at times, but in that crowd, they're always going to show that that spirit, that loyalty, and that passion, and those are the things we love. Well, here's the thing about the Islander crowd, where I'll slightly disagree. In a mundane setting where it's like the, um, I don't know, the Anaheim Ducks on a, on a Tuesday night, that place can be dead for an Islander home game. Yeah. But you get a big opponent, uh, a rivalry, uh, a situation like Tavares coming back into the building, or you get a playoff game there. Anytime they're in the playoffs, that fan base is nuts. You know, for the for their home, it, it depends on the setting. But if you get the Islander, uh, the Islanders as a good team in a playoff game at home, or in a situation where they're like tonight, they're going to be playing against John Tavares. Fans are still upset that he left the team and signed with the Leafs five years ago then that building can be jumping and be very loud. And you're right. That's something you rarely see the, or hear these days with Toronto. You're right. Wine and cheese crowd. I, I I can't believe how quiet Scotiabank Arena is, especially for a weeknight home game against a, 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 a an opponent that's not a rival. Uh, it's unreal how just deathly silent the building is. Uh, and that's been an issue, obviously, for the Leaf home games for years. All right, Arizona-Buffalo. We've got the uh, Sabres minus 130, uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total. Yeah, I like that, Mike Tavares. Anything Tavares, over three and a half shots, uh, probably worth a look too. Uh, Coyotes and Sabres uh, here tonight in this game. Uh, Arizona continuing this road trip uh, here tonight against the uh, Sabres. Uh, they lost, of course, uh, to Boston 5-3. That's um, nine goals in the last two starts for uh, Connor Ingram. So we've got to watch this now. See, uh, starting to fade again uh, on us, but we won't be able to tell tonight because Karel Vimalka is going to get the uh, starting assignment tonight uh, in goal for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we'll see how he fares. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, um, they're still dealing with, you know, uh, Samuelson day-to-day on the uh, injured list. Alex Tuck, of course, on IR as well. Uh, Buffalo, a 3-2 shootout loss to Montreal. And didn't I say it on Saturday that um, – I, I didn't trust Buffalo as a big favorite there against Montreal and the cashed in with Montreal in the draw uh, in that game. Uh, we'll see how this one plays out. Coyotes and uh, Sabres. Buffalo has uh, won three of the last four meetings uh, between these two teams. Um, we'll see how this one goes. I mean, I just don't have a really, really strong opinion on this. Buffalo has been good off a loss um, at times lately. We'll see if they can uh, bounce back here against uh, Arizona after losing to Montreal. Uh, I'm not laying a price with Buffalo, though, right now. Simple as that. Um, I'm not on Arizona yet, though. It's a pass for me as of right now. More so props, what I'm looking at here in this game. I'll get to that in a minute. First, Alex, what do you think here? Coyotes, Sabres. Yeah, this is a game I, I really wish that we had uh, our guest here, Carter Hutton, for, obviously, playing with both of these teams. And I would have loved to get his take on both these goaltending uh, you know, groups as well because we're talking about a, a – you know, two very interesting moving parts as far as goaltending rooms go. But uh, as this game goes, I would like to be on Buffalo. I would love to be on Devin Levi against uh, Karel Vimelka, especially with Vimelka kind of struggling a little bit. And Yotes seeming to be kind of out of steam here, but I just can't bring myself to lay 130. So maybe this is a game I watch and observe and look for something live. Maybe, uh, you know, Arizona takes a one nothing lead, but they're not playing as well. They kind of run out of steam. I got a chance to grab Buffalo in game or do something with that. So this would be a live game. Uh, it's just a pass for now. You know what prop I'm mentioning for Arizona? You don't even have to think about it twice now. Michael Carcone, that's who, of course. This guy's just amazing. Uh, and like I said, he's not even on the top six. He's, not, he's on the third line for Arizona with uh, Alex Kerfoot, uh, on the third line with, uh, and it looks like Dermot, who was initially a defenseman, um, they've uh, basically transitioned him to forward, and he's been on that third line lately as well for the uh, Coyotes because they do have a lot of injuries up front. So Travis Dermot's transitioned from blue liner to forward. He's been on that line as well. But Michael Carcone now has 13 goals this season in just 25 games for the Arizona Coyotes. I saw on uh, a stat that, he is leading the NHL in five-on-five five even-strength goals this year. That is remarkable. Michael Carcone, folks, 
a third line player for the Arizona Coyotes is like leading the league in five on five goals uh, this season. So it's been remarkable uh, to watch him operate. He scores against Boston, uh, of course, on uh, Saturday, one of the goals, even though they lost that game. And if you look at the pricing still for this guy, plus 430 at Batano, you're still getting incredible prices with uh, Michael Carcone to score a goal, plus 430 at Batano, plus 390 at DraftKings and BetMGM, 350 at FanDuel. Still incredible prices, so there's no doubt I'm going to be on that prop yet again. Michelli and Kraus, Keller in some form. Keller's been outstanding, really, of late. Now, you don't get the value with him as some of those other players, but, you know, Clayton Keller, what can you say? This might be a time for to take a shot with him for one and a half points tonight, maybe. He's got three, four, five, six points in the last five games here for uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, for the Buffalo Sabres, um, J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins, Zach Benson, I really do believe if they're going to get some offense, it's going to come from those three guys in particular. You know, it's been a little tough sledding for Tage's line since he's been back uh, from injury. Um, so those are the uh, players I would target, those three on the second line. I think that's been one of their better lines lately for Buffalo. Benson, Cousins, and J.J. Paterka, Turka, Turka uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, definitely they've been uh, solid uh, of late. Yeah, I mean, Tage just doesn't look himself right now. And he didn't wasn't great before the injury, but certainly coming back from the injury, he's really not gotten his game fully back on track. Uh, so again, uh, we've got Vimelka in net for Arizona, projections of Levi for Buffalo, uh, but not confirmed yet that Devin Levi will start for them. All right, Detroit and Dallas. We've got Dallas minus 210, home favorites, six the total uh, here in this game. Uh, Red Wings off a, a very um, emotional bubbling cauldron uh, of a game, if you will, against Ottawa. I mean, that game was nuts on Saturday. First of all, it was like a sandwich hit to the neck area, a sensitive area for Dylan Larkin uh, in the first period between, it was Parker Kelly on one side and it was Matthew Joseph on the other side that sandwich hit him. I think it was Joseph that got him more in the neck area. And there's Dylan Larkin, the captain of the Red Wings down on the ice face first. Um, and then it's just hilarious that after that, and David Perron loses it because that's his captain. And that's the right response as far as is their initial emotional reaction. That's, right. that's your captain down on the ice. But he sees at the moment that he turns and looks and sees Larkin on the ice, the guy actually standing over Dylan Larkin at that moment for Ottawa was a guy that had nothing to do with the hit that put Larkin on the ice. It was Artem Zub, the defenseman for Ottawa. And Lar and that's the that's the thing Perron got wrong. He assumed that Zub was the, the perpetrator uh, of what happened to Dylan Larkin with that hit to, to the neck area that put him out. And now, now he's on IR, of course. Uh, Dylan Larkin out at least indefinitely. And Perron just lost it on uh, Zub uh, and just cross-checked. And he shouldn't have done that. You just can't no. lose it to that extent where you're cross-checking a guy right in the face. That's dangerous. That's vicious. That's way too vicious. That's way too yeah. violent. Can't be going over that kind of an edge uh, if you're David Perron. Um, and look, he's not that much of a uh, you know dirty player and he just emotionally lost it in that moment. Five-game suspension, by the way, handed down to uh, David Perron. And that's what it was. It was a reckless cross-check to the face. For a guy that actually had nothing to do, he got the wrong guy. You know, it's like someone uh, accused of murder when they didn't pull the trigger. You know, that's the, that poor Artem Zub, he had nothing to do with it. Uh, and there's David Baron just uh, whack, cross check to the face for your for for doing nothing essentially. Uh, so Perron um, just got the wrong guy. You just you can't assume in that situation. Maybe you get in the guy's face a little bit and say, "Hey, what's going on here?" But you, he just assumed, okay, Larkin's down on the ice. This guy is standing over him, Zub. This is the guy that did this to him and it, obviously that was not the case so uh just lost it you know you have you know sometimes you just you know your your emotions get away from you and that's exactly what happened in that moment uh for david perron uh but uh after that it seemed like after the larkin incident alex they were flat the rest of the game ottawa just handed it to them the rest of the game they ended up winning five to one uh and now they have to play this game uh without their captain Dylan Larkin, and they're really shorthanded at center because they're already without a uh, city of Comfort. Crazy motherfucker named JT, JT Comfort. Uh, he is uh, out uh, straight out of Comfort, uh, out on IR as well right now for the uh, Detroit uh, Red Wings. Um, and Clem Costin, another guy that's a center, depth center, uh, but he's on IR now too for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. So here's your center ice position for them tonight. 
Joe Valeno is between DeBrinket and Kane. You've got Andrew Kopp, the second center, with Raymond and Fabry. And you've got Michael Rasmussen, the third-line center. And they've brought up Austin Zarnick, Jonathan Berggren, who's, by the way, in trade rumors. I'm hearing Detroit's trying to trade him because he's had a tough season so far. And even in the AHL, he's had a tough season for the uh, Red Wings. And Zach aston Reese, uh, all of them called up because of all the injuries right now for Detroit. So tough spot. Billy Huso uh, expected to be – no, it's James Reimer, I beg your pardon. James Reimer confirmed in net for the uh, Detroit Red Wings tonight. Jake Ottinger in net for uh, the Dallas Stars. Uh, Jake Ottinger, I'll tell you what, he needs a bounce back. He's lost his last three starts, and he's given up 15 goals in the last three starts. And nobody has been a bigger fan on a probably an NHL betting show of Jake Ottinger than yours truly and Alex B. Smith. I mean, we have gone to bat. We love. We, we think he's got incredible uh, potential here as an NHL goalie, but he's in a he's in he's in one right now. He's in a bit of a struggle. He's in a bit of a slump right now. Uh, we know Jake Ottinger's better than this. Um, but right now he's, and overall, you know, his numbers now are suddenly 2.84 goals against, which is not great, but not terrible, but 905 save percentage isn't great for a goalie of this caliber. We think Jake Ottinger's a lot better than that. Uh, we'll see how he fares. We do think of him as a bounce back goalie. And that was pretty rough, you know, on Saturday afternoon against Vegas, six to one loss. He gives up all six goals. Um, you got to think there's a. Deep down inside, this is a guy that's going to be pissed off and wanting to play well tonight. I definitely think Detroit could be a little vulnerable, you know, with the shorthanded lineup going on the road here against an angry Dallas team, which uh, obviously is not going to be thrilled with their performance against Vegas on Saturday, a team that, you know, they should always be up to play that team, and they couldn't have played worse, really, uh, on Saturday against that uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. So I think there's a Dallas spot. Um, but the problem is, minus 210, you're just not getting great bargains at all with the Dallas Stars these days. I mean, I, it feels like I want to be on Dallas here, regulation, minus one, or a first period puck line. Maybe a first period puck line might be the best way to go uh, here in this game with Dallas, but um, I'm not sure I'm going to get there to the betting window. I mean, they're just constantly priced very highly uh, in the betting markets, Dallas, and so it's it's tough to find that great price, that great value with them, even though the spot screams Dallas bounce back against a Detroit team without their captain depleted at center, depleted overall. Um, so I definitely lean Dallas, but it's just a question of value for me. Uh, Alex, what are you thinking here? Red Wings and Stars. Yeah, I, this game is just I'm, – I'm excited for this game. And, and I said it this morning, it's it's very hard to believe that I would be excited for a Dallas versus Detroit game, especially with the circumstances of Patrick Kane playing with Detroit. But, uh, this is, like I said, strictly financial. There's a lot of great spots here in no bigger spot here than the first period over. We've been riding this on Dallas. It's cash six in a row, 18 and five on the season. Now they're taking on the Red Wings team that has gone eight and three quietly to the first period over in their last 11. Last seven meetings between these two teams, five of those games have gone uh, over in the first period. And we can lay a dollar 30 or even cheaper in some of the Canadian books with this one, first period over. So I love that spot. I'm also riding both teams to score plus 170 in the first period. And I'm on the draw, which you can get at FanDuel at plus 390. We've seen three of the last six meetings between these two teams go past regulation. So uh, three plays that I really love. And there's a couple of player props I like, too. I am going with Sir Patrick Kane to get a goal here and get him at plus 250 at FanDuel. Most goals he scored against a single team in his entire career, the Dallas Stars, with 32 goals. Uh, so that's a spot that I like. And there's a player prop that I like for Dallas. I'm going to save that one for a little bit later in the argument department. There we go. Lots to like for Alex here. With I actually might add that first period over with the numbers you were throwing out there with the Dallas all season dominant to the first period over. And I know you were on that first period over Vegas, Dallas. That was as easy as it gets with that uh, on uh, Saturday. And you're right, Detroit sort of trending that way as well uh, over uh, in the first period lately. And they did again against Ottawa on Saturday. Uh, but yet the full game stayed under, much to my chagrin with the uh, Detroit-Ottawa game on uh, Saturday night. So, yeah, I think that first period, I think I might get in on that as well, uh, even though I'm not the huge first period over guy you are. But that makes sense. Minus 130 as well. Like, that's as good of a price as you're going to get on a first period over in quite some time. So it's a good look, I think. First period over with Detroit and Dallas. That draw, you mentioned it too. I mean, the, 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 there's been three overtime games head-to-head -head, 
uh, in the last uh, five meetings between them. So, you know, the draw, you know what I might do? Just Dallas early, first period puck line, first period over and the draw because they could get up early. And sometimes they've let teams back into games, Dallas. So keep that in mind. So we'll see uh, how it goes. Um, yeah. And last time Detroit was without Larkin, they looked way off, says Major Tom, who's a big Red Wings fan, as you can tell. So, uh, yeah, there's no doubt. So uh, Reimer tonight, uh, uh, Reimer and net uh, Mike for uh, Detroit. Uh, in this game his numbers are actually pretty good 2.18 goals against 922 save percentage however the last two starts haven't been as good you know three goals on 24 shots to montreal and then he got lit up by ottawa five goals uh that was the game in uh sweden uh the global series that crazy game back and forth yeah reimer had a tough day uh, in that one against ottawa but uh yeah uh so i think that's what i'll do i'll do a stars first period puck line plus money we'll do uh First period over and the draw uh, a little bit. And then for props, uh, pretty much, you know, I've said for Dallas with the player props lately, focus on Pavelski, Marchment, Duchesne, and Sagan. You know, those are the guys that are really playing uh, really well right now offensively for this team. Uh, they're the players you want to take for goal props, assist props, point props right now at this stage. Um, we'll see how that goes tonight, but definitely interested in that. I think for Detroit, you know, Fabry and, uh, uh, Valeno's on the like the number one center tonight. Now he has cooled off since that just ro rip roaring start he had. You know he's been up the, the lineup the last three games and he doesn't have a point. But now he's the number one line with the Cat and Patrick Kane. You know if there's ever an opportunity for Joe Valeno to make an offensive impact, it's tonight. And his goal prop is plus four seventy. I mean the guy's a number one line center at plus four seventy. Even if uh, scoring whether he scores or not, I have to take that price. I have to bet that price. Whenever the number one line center plus 470 to score a goal is not something you're going to see every day. So for that reason, I've got to look in that direction. Uh, no question for uh, Detroit tonight playing between Alex DeBrinkett and, and Patrick Kane. All right, the final game of this uh, Monday slate, we go to the Mile High City. Uh, it is Calgary and Colorado. Uh, we've got the uh, Cal uh, Colorado Avalanche minus 170 home favorites uh, in this game. Uh, the total currently six shaded to the under. Um, I'll tell you what, how about Colorado losing back-to-back -back home games, which is something that does not happen to them uh, very often uh, against uh, Winnipeg and Philadelphia. Back-to-back -back home losses here uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. They'll be looking to bounce back uh, here tonight, taking on the uh, Calgary Flames, who are coming off a uh, Disappointing loss against New Jersey because they got the uh, shorthanded goal late in the first period from Igor Sharon Govich, uh, but they really couldn't sustain it uh, as that game went on uh, and were unable to hold the lead. New Jersey comes back uh, and they end up beating Calgary 4 2. Uh, Calgary's now lost three of their last four games. Uh, we'll see how they fare here in Denver against the Avs. A Denver or Colorado team, rather, that we've talked about uh, them. They've been banged up a little bit. They just learned that Arturi Lekkonen is going to be out a lot longer for them than initially anticipated. Uh, that's unfortunate. Sam Gerrard's away tending to mental health issues. Um, so they're a banged-up team a little bit. But at least the last couple of games, Kale McCarr has come back, uh, which is good to see. Valerie Nachushkin missed a couple of games. He's back as well. It kind of feels like for Colorado, this is a stop-the-bleeding spot. But at the same time, you look at the peripheral, the, the in-depth numbers of these last two games, you know, they're giving up more chances. They're having trouble finishing the last couple of games, scoring just two goals in the losses against the Flyers and the Jets. They're only one in five in their last six games, including the only team that's lost to the Anaheim Ducks in Anaheim's last 10 games. So it's not easy to just say, hey, let's lay minus 170 here with Colorado, who are slumping in their own right uh, at the moment. Uh, that being said, do I trust Calgary here? Um, not really. Colorado's won five of the last six. They've won three straight here in Denver uh, against this team, including earlier this season. Colorado had a three-to-one win uh, against Calgary. Dan Vladar, by the way, uh, is in net tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames, not Dustin Wolf, uh, who has gotten the last couple of starts. So it's back to a Dan Vladar, who has a 3.45 goals against 877 save percentage. And yet, if you actually look, his history against Colorado, and I know Alex focuses on this uh, more often than I do, uh, his history against Colorado is actually quite good, uh, Dan Vladar. So we'll see how he fares here tonight against the Avs. It's a really tough game all around for me. Uh, mostly going to look at props. I think if I were to look at a side, I'd honestly take 
Calgary at the plus number before Colorado. But I just don't know if I want to step in front of Colorado looking to avoid a third straight home loss with a Calgary team that's basically the epitome of mediocrity and inconsistency right now. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Flames? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, yeah, Vladar does have a, a good mark with the Flames. But like you said, it's just it's a tough spot. It's, you know, Avalanche have been dominant. And Vladar is not really the goaltender that I want to just back right now uh, with Calgary. Obviously, you know, except between him and Dustin Wolf, Wolf's the, the better goaltender, but he's had his struggles as well. And it's not all, you know, their fault. Both goaltenders have have, have made you know quality saves, but they've been left hung out to, hung out to dry by their blue liners in front of them at times. Colorado is one of those teams, like I said, especially at home. They're, they're the Toronto of the West. They can, you know, make this game a, a, a muck fest and win it 3-2 in a shootout when they should have lost, or they can put the screws to somebody and win 7-1. So they're a tough team to read, and this is not the price where I want to jump in with them. I might play something small on both teams to score in the first period, and that's probably all I'll be doing. All right, Brooke. I could see that, uh, both teams to score in the uh, first period here in this one. So, you know, this is definitely one where – these days, when we think about you know a lot more goals, a lot more scoring in the NHL, it's hard to find you know a particular head-to-head series where it's been dominant with unders. This is one of them, actually, though, with Calgary and Colorado, five and one to the under uh, in the last six meetings uh, between the uh, Flames and the Avs, and um, that's you know I think the Fl- uh, Avalanche, to be honest with you, with the way they've suddenly the last few games struggled to score goals. You know, probably onus is more on, you know, let's make sure at least we play a tidy defensive game and we'll let the offense, you know, get back on track stemming from playing good hockey, sound structured uh, hockey in our own zone. So we'll see how that goes. And like I said, five of the last six have gone under uh, between the uh, Flames uh, and the uh, Avalanche. So, yeah, just for me, it's not a whole lot from a side and total perspective. From a prop standpoint, though, uh, there are a couple of uh, interesting looks here. Uh, for Colorado, Logan O'Connor remains on the top line with McKinnon, and so does Jonathan Drouin. So if you're looking at value for props for Colorado, Logan O'Connor, Jonathan Drouin, both slotted on the top line with Nathan McKinnon is probably where the value is. I mean, Logan O'Connor, plus 500 to score a goal tonight for Colorado. Playing on the top line with McKinnon, you're not going to get that kind of a price very often for a top-line player. Uh, and he did score a couple games ago against Anaheim. And Jonathan Drew since he's been up on that top line with uh, uh, for the Abs. You know, we saw two assists against Anaheim. Uh, there was a while back earlier in November, he did have two goals in three games. Again, these aren't guys that are shoe-ins to score even with that placement with McKinnon on the top line. But you're getting the price. Uh, plus 500 on O'Connor, plus 390 for uh, Drew Ann. Of course, Big Val Nachushkin back in the lineup. So much of the offense with him. Uh, has been good uh, of late, so could look at props for a big Val Nachushkin as well. And then for Calgary, there's a bunch that are appealing, believe it or not. Um, Sharon Govich, finally, Alex, after a million chances, Sharon Govich finally scores, gets a beauty shorthanded goal against New Jersey Saturday, backhand roof job uh, in that game. Great goal past Vanacek. Maybe that gets him going because he's on a top-line spot with Lindholm and Mangiapane. Uh, and he absolutely, uh, I think, might get a little bit of offensive confidence from that. He is a good finisher, good goal scorer. It hasn't come easily for him. He's been snake bit, but he finally got on the board against New Jersey, plus 370 for him to score a goal. And then there's two players on the second line for Calgary with Nazem Kadri. Matt Coronado is back on the team, called up from the AHL, and on the second line with uh, Kadri, as well as, of course, Connor Zary. So I think Zary and Coronado... Uh, in particular, there's some good player prop value with both of them. Coronado tonight, I'm seeing plus 550 in some spots for him uh, to score a goal tonight for the uh, Flames, plus 440 in others. And then Connor Zary, who has been pretty consistent for the most part since his call-up, plus 440 for a goal, plus 250 for an assist. So really good prices there uh, for players that are up the lineup at the moment in top six forward roles for the uh, Calgary Flames in this game tonight. All right, good stuff. That is the Monday. NHL card. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button. And I'll stress this again because he actually called me right before the show to say he couldn't make it. He felt awful, Carter Hutton, that he had to uh, cancel at the last minute. So we'll get him back on the show for sure uh, at a later date. No question about that. Uh, we, I, I, like I said to him, I just hope his kid is okay because obviously yeah. feeling sick under the weather. 
uh, and we'll get him back on the show at a later day. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat. Reminder, the BetCast tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday, December the 12th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, looking forward to that. DM or email Alex Rye for a spot on the BetCast, and we will send you the link for it before it begins. And, of course, patreon.com slash iceguys, $10 a month, all our content there, uh, daily card. Uh, all the uh, charts the the and everything else, uh, make sure you check it out, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Again, we'll keep posting the daily betting cards on the community tab until the end of the year, but if January 1st we're still locked out of offering subscriptions and memberships on YouTube, we'll just be putting it Patreon uh, only uh, by that time, so make sure you're aware of that. And, of course, the Ice Guys store. Uh, again, time's running out to get your stuff before Christmas, but check it out nevertheless, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, if you're gonna buy stuff in the store now, like I said, we had a, they had the 15 percent uh, off for the weekend. That did come to an end at midnight, so you're gonna pretty much be uh, limited to you know express uh, delivery, which is gonna cost a fortune, but it is available if you if you choose it. Uh, but we got all kind of merch that's still available and fully in stock, ready for you to have underneath the tree for Christmas. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com, and also the Patreon page. We got Chris Otto's charts up uh, now. My goalie charts and power rankings have been updated as well, so definitely check that out. IceGuys.com, or sorry, Patreon.com slash IceGuys to get the uh, to get that in. And follow our Linktree page as well, so you can keep up on everything with both stores, our Patreon page, the YouTube, hopefully we get the monetization back, uh, all of our Twitter pages as well. You can find that at Linktree.com slash the IceGuys. All right, good stuff there. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. This has been just a phenomenal segment, an addition, and a new feature to the show. We never thought, like I said, in our wildest dreams, it would be this successful, this popular, and this profitable. My goodness, we've hit way more than I would have thought uh, with this segment coming into the season, but it's been great. See if we can add to it tonight. Alex, What do you? where are you going for your Bargain Bin tonight? Well, like I said, when you hit these kind of big number plays, we can kind of you know browse around and be a little more creative. So I'm looking at some of the players in Dallas and Detroit, and I mentioned about Patrick Kane with his uh, great streak against Dallas. But one thing that really stuck out to me was Essa Lindell. Look at his numbers. He has 14 career points against the Detroit Red Wings. That's more than any other team that he's faced. He has three goals and 11 assists. And I'm looking at the some of the prop offerings. You can grab him to score a goal as high as 11-1 to 1 at, at uh, DraftKings right now, 10 to 1 at FanDuel, 10 to 1 at BetMGM. I'm, I'm going to take a shot with Esalen Dell to get a goal anytime tonight in this contest. I do think we see goals back and forth. I think we see goals early. And Lindell has had a penchant for getting on the score sheet against the wing wheel. So let's go with Esalen Dell uh, plus 1100 is my bargain bin special tonight. There you go. Oh, that's a real bargain bin. That is uh that's as discount, a bargain bin discount as you could ask for. 11 to 1. Essa Lindell for the Dallas Stars uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith with his a bargain bin special of the night uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. I mean, uh, I'm tempted to I'm tempted to take Carconi again. Um, I, I have to take Mark Carconi. I was actually going to go with Logan O'Connor. OK, and I don't li- I don't think his chances are as high to score right now as Carconi. Carconi's on fire and we know Buffalo can give up goals. Um and the price is still way good enough, more than good enough for bargain bin material, no question. So I was going to go with Logan O'Connor for Colorado plus 500. But again, even though he's been up with McKinnon on the top line for a couple games he hasn't produced yet, I still think he's got a chance. But for the official bargain bin special of the night for me, final answer, I'm going to go with the known proven commodity, Michael Carcone, uh, Arizona Coyotes, plus 430. Uh, at Batano to score a goal. You could get plus 390 at BetMGM, DraftKings, plus 350 at FanDuel. Uh, so shop around. But every book has it at least at plus 300, which is the minimum threshold for the bargain bin special of the night. So Michael Carcone, we go right back to the well uh, with him for the Arizona Coyotes, plus 430. Michael Carcone for my uh, bargain bin special of the night for this Monday card. All right, best bets. We both won our best bet because we both had the same best bet. Last yeah. night with the uh, New York Rangers. <laughs> we'll see if we can add to it tonight. Alex, what do you like for best bet? I think we're going in different directions for our best bet uh, this evening. I'm going head heading down to Dallas. Uh, we're going with the Red Wings and Stars. First period over one and a half minus a dollar thirty. Dallas six straight first period overs, eighteen and five on the season. Detroit eight of the last eleven games overall have gone over in the first period. Five of the last seven meetings between the Wings and Stars have gone over in the first period. So. 
At minus $1.30 at Caesars, we are going over one and a half in the first with the Stars and Red Wings is my best bet. All right, there you go. Over one and a half uh, in the fir- minus 130 first period. Detroit, Dallas, uh, best bet here for uh, Alex B. Smith in this one. Uh, my best bet for this card, um, I'm tempted to go with the draw, the Leafs Islanders, but I'm going to go with the Leafs. Minus 120 to minus 125. I thought they played a great game against Nashville. I think it's a combination of a little letdown spot for the uh, Islanders uh, coming off the um, win against L.A., which snapped the road trip. Um, you know, you've got tough to end. Plus, this team, you know, stringing wins together. I question that a little bit. Uh, and I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't bring this up in the in the analysis of the game. But head-to-head, you know, the Leafs have done pretty well. Yes, they have. They're 5-2 and two in the last seven meetings uh, against the Islanders. Um, and the dads are with them. This is a dad's trip game for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. So Toronto minus 120, uh, my best bet here for this uh, Monday NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday, a big Tuesday daily show and the live betcast coming your way on Tuesday right here on the Ice Guys. (sighs) 